Welcome to track number 14 of Give Thyself Holy. Number 15, give thyself wholly to purity. 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 Now we've been talking about the holiness code, isn't it? So all that is right in there. Number 16, give thyself to reading. Give thyself wholly to reading. Till I come, give attendance to reading. To exhortation. To doctrine. Amen. Wow. Have you all registered? Okay. Give thyself wholly to reading. Reading. Amen. Amen. Reading. To exhortation. To doctrine. Amen. Now reading is a very important area. Of your life. Amen? Amen? Why is that? So, reading. What do we mean by reading? Revelation chapter 10. Revelations chapter 10. And um, who's going to read it for us? Revelations chapter 10, verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. And his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book, open. And he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders 
uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw standing upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are in, which are therein that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he had declared to his servants, the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven speak unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Here ends the reading of Revelation chapter 10. So I want us to go back to the things we must give ourselves wholly to and list them. Just let's go through them to refresh our understanding of what we are being taught. What's the first thing we must give ourselves wholly to? I can't hear you. Fighting what? Backsliding. Ask your friend, do you believe you can backslide? What the person say? Is the person saying something to you? Yes. Tell the person, you must fight it. Give all yourself to fighting backsliding. Amen. And we learned about the junctions. Tell your friend to tell you two junctions he or she is aware of by this time of your life. Junctions. Give me a junction. Eh? 
All right. All right. And we learned what it means to backslide. Number one, it means what? To change from a fresh flowing system to become what? Broken system. Hey! How many of you have tried to go to a toilet and the, the WC was broken? What was holding the water is broken. It shall not be broken in Jesus' name. So when you backslide, it means you were very nice, powerful, fresh, anointed, being used by God, and suddenly you have become something very different. When you are a broken system, it means you are useless. Yeah, you are used. We can't use you for anything. No, you are not good at all. May the Lord help you. It also means to turn into what? A degenerate plant. What does it mean to turn into a degenerate plant? The word degenerate means what? To what? To spoil. To wither. To decay. To begin to smell. To begin to look ugly. To degenerate. As against regenerate. So when others are becoming shepherds, elders, serving God, missionaries, and so on, you have now become an unbeliever. Yes, you don't go to church. Or you go to church sometimes, you sit at the back with your girlfriend. Yeah, and when you see the people dancing, you just tell them, you know, I used to do this thing before, some two years ago. They are too zealous. You shall not degenerate in Jesus' name. From now on, any change in your life will be a change forward and upward and more powerful. In Jesus' name. Do you believe it? Hey. The next one is what? To become what? A wild camel. And a wild ass. Both of them are used to kicking. Now, we can't even visit you to advise you. Because when we come, we say, you are not in lighthouse anymore. We say, get away from my house. The next time you are coming, come back with sense. Hey! Can you believe it? Nobody can control you. Your pastor can't advise you. You have made yourself a type of person. No advice can percolate through you. Ask your neighbor. Are you going to be a wild ass? You know, anytime, anytime you see the, the word wild, it means that thing cannot be controlled. When we were in school, we had some boys, we called them the wild boys. Wild boys, this type of boys who will run away to town, they will wear the prescribed uniform, smoking, you go into their chop box, whilst we are having some gary and sugar and some one and a half things of sardine. If you open their top box, you find Johnny Walker, Akateshi, cigarette, Tasca for men, Rotman, skin size, embassy, these type of things. Wow, guys! No headmaster can control them. No senior house mistress, nothing. Nobody. Can you imagine you are in a girl's school? You can jump the wall and go to town. 
The next one means what? The next meaning of um, a lady who has forgotten what? Her ornaments. What are ornaments? Ladies, what do you say ornament? What do we mean by ornament? Jewelry. 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 Also, I see. Like what? Earrings. Necklace. Bracelets. What? Panties. Panties are part of ornament. No. What else? Anklets. Uh-huh. I thought you said panties. Yeah. Yesterday, a nice girl stood up somewhere here. With nice natural hair. Natural. I mean, she looked beautiful. And when Bishop asked her to remove her earrings, suddenly, a beautiful, nice girl had become a boy. She was a boy. Hey! She had changed into something opposite. So when her sister does not wear her earrings, she looks different, not so. Yeah. And the same thing. As for me, I will add uh, to the earrings and the necklace and the whatever it is, I will add even your hair. Yeah. Because the hair I'm seeing, some of your hair, it is like jewelry. If you remove it right now, we have to jump the window and run away. aware that when her sister puts on her earrings, she looks very different? Eh? When she wears a necklace, she looks beautiful. It's the same. When you put on your sepidorial mantle, when you put on your pastoral mantle, yeah, I know some people who have become very ugly some way He's got a nice job. He's got a nice car. But he looks very ugly in life. Because what was meant to beautify him was the ministry. The ministry. Some of you, if you remove the ministry from your life, I tell you, you will be a chartered accountant. You may be a lawyer. You will be a doctor. But in your life, nothing. So when you backslide, it's like what God gave you to make your life nice has changed. Has been removed. And now you don't look nice again. The anointing that made you very nice and powerful and attractive, you have sold all the anointings and every oil in your life, you have given it to some Lebanese boyfriend. What is the next? Well, I have, the last one is what? A lady who has forgotten her wedding dress. Saturday, 12 o'clock. We have come to check. We are wearing our suit. The, 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 the piano is on. We are waiting. What should we see? 
In fact, the, the groom has come with the best man. They are waiting. And when the pastor announces that, shall we stand up and receive the bride? What should we see? A bride who has come to the church wearing first love t-shirts. A bride who has come into the church wearing batik top and batik down. And the pastor will ask, Ah, Rita, where's your wedding dress? But it's too late. How can a bride forget her wedding dress? Can you think about it? I mean, imagine yourself marrying. Your wedding day, you've forgotten your wedding dress. How many of you think it is a very bizarre situation? I mean, you, honestly, if it happens, eh, I will diagnose that lady with a very, very powerful DSM classification of psychopathic. She must have a very acute psychotic state. Very acute. Very serious. Surely, she's not normal. Do you think a normal girl will do that? Will you do that? Wedding Saturday morning, we are in the church, we are waiting. We have come to the church with first love t-shirt. Do you think she's normal? No, she's not normal. That is also how we see you. When you drop the call, when you drop the anointing, when you drop the ministry, and you go and chase other things, and when you say other things, eh, we mean every other thing. Every other thing, including politics, medicine, surgery, law, uh, what? Dondography, dondology, eh? nursing, akito. I mean, to drop the ministry, you are mad. You are really mad. That's what I love to say. That. The person who has tasted this before, if that person puts it away, it's a serious matter. Only the Supreme Court can judge this case. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, the, the bride, it's not that she has not bought the dress. Oh. No. She has cracked the wedding dress from Boston. She has cried it. Do you know what it means to cry something? Yeah. The dress is in her room. But she forgot to wear it. No. May you not be that type of person. I said, may you not be that type of person. I said, from today, see the call of God. The ministry. The anointing. The work of God. As your wedding dress. I don't know, but they say that. A woman is most beautiful on her wedding day. I don't know. I don't know. Is it true? I mean, I, I'm not a woman. Is it true? But at least there's some truth in it. Yeah. Yeah. You may not look the nicest, but most women, their shape is the maximum efficiency shape on the wedding day. Yeah, the calves are there, everything. From top to bottom, everything has outlined. It's like, it's like geography. Hey! 
the guitar Coca-Cola safe. And most of those shapes, it is the wedding dress that gives them that type of shape. Yeah, because when they remove it, eh, you will need to buy paint to understand what type of shape I'm talking about. You must buy a paint in the paint bucket. So, don't put away what God has given you. Listen, listen. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. The people who are wise, they don't allow anything to take the call of God from their lives. You must not allow anything to take the call. It is your wedding dress. Literally, your wedding dress. Yeah. Ask the people who are in the ministry if they will speak the truth. They will tell you that the ministry they responded to has made their lives much, 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 much better. You see, at least, see, if nothing at all happens to you, it makes you wiser. Yes, because you peddle the word of God. That's what you use, the word. The wisdom of God's word. Yeah. Because without that wisdom, that's why some of you sisters say, I will advise you to try to be a very strong elder. You know, being the word. And so before you say yes to a man who proposes you, to you. Because see, without the word, you are not likely to make a sensible choice. A lot of women end up marrying fools. I'm telling you. Unless you are young. Ask, ask. They will tell. That when they finish, they, they wonder, I know myself. How could I have married such a thing? But when the word of God is in you eh, and you are making choices, I tell you, you look powerful. You can just dismiss you out. You, away. Outside. Now I'm left with three. One, two, three. You wait. Then she'll go and ask her pastor. She see, do you even have the sense to ask her pastor? It's a powerful thing. Most sisters will go and choose. That they will bring to the pastor to stamp his approval. Say amen. What is the next? Mariage. To do what? To give yourself holy. Means to give yourself holy to what? Mariage. Marriage. Tell your friend. I like marriage. Yeah. Tell a person. Tell a person. I don't even have a beloved. But I like marriage. Yes. And let me tell you. Listen, listen, listen. Let me give you a piece of advice we were all giving yesterday. All of you must learn the art. Of getting a beloved. Yes. How to get a beloved. The art of marrying. The art of staying married. Yes. One pastor came to tell his senior pastor. After a few years of marrying. That I'm divorcing my wife. And the pastor asked the pastor. Ah, where did you learn this? 
I mean, here we don't say such things. So you can see that this person has got a wife, but the art of staying married is not there. May the Lord give you that art. May you have the ability to know how to be married to any type of human being. Hey! Clap for Jesus. Hello, yeah. We shall be breaking for Nina. Breakfast. Breakfast. Soon. Okay? There must be breakfast. Now, give thyself wholly to reading. Did you read Revelation chapter 10? This is one of the most important chapters in the whole of the book of Revelation. It describes the largest angel you can't even imagine. He said that there was an angel which was clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was on his head and he had in his hand a little book open, his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the earth. I mean, even if the angel was standing at Usu, do you get it? At, at around, let's say, Papaye or Frankie's or those places. I don't know if you know that place. And the right leg was at Usu. And the left leg was the sea, which is very nearby. Can you imagine how tall that angel would be? I mean, the legs would be, I don't know how higher than an aeroplane. Far. When you, see, when you see an aeroplane, very small. The, 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 the angel will be so huge. Yeah, that was the angel that is being described here. One leg on the land, one leg in the sea. <laughs> and he cried with a loud voice. Hmm? And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, seal up the things. That's five. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his, ha- his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and earth. Alright? Verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me and said, Go and take the little book which is, in the, which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. Okay? There's a little book in that angel's hand. That big angel. That big angel. What's the big angel bringing? A little book. Hmm. So I went to the angel and I said, give me the little book. Hey. I'm sure he was up to the ankle of the angel. And he said, give me the little book. And he said, take it and eat it up. It shall make thy belly bitter that it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Now this is the characteristic of a book that God gives to you. It has these two characteristics always. In your mouth it is sweet, in your belly it is bitter. Your mouth is the initial place where it comes to. So when God has given you something, like a word, a book, a pastor, a teaching, 
it is initially sweet. You see, like many of you came for the camp eagerly. The initial word is sweet. That, because you came here, you, you know we are going to preach. I'm not going to extract your tooth. I'm not going to do anything, whatever, with you. Do you understand? So, it's nice. It's sweet. But later on, this same message, if you follow it, will have some bitterness. The book, when it gets deep, there is a bitterness of that book. So, we may sing, uh, there's a song that we used to sing, in the mission, something. Somebody told me of the joy they had. And then they told me that in the mission, they could be glad And then they told me Once they were late But now full time But I didn't know it could be But I didn't think it could be Till it happened to me mm, yeah. And somebody told me Of the joy they had That in the mission, they could be happy. They could be glad. And they told me something else. And then they told me, once they were late. But now, now they are full time to the ministry. But I didn't think. I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. So I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. And you will never know that it could be. And you never know that it's true Till it happens to you And now I can tell you Of the joy I have Now I can tell you That in the mission I can be glad Now I can I didn't think it was possible. And you will never know that it's true. Wow. So initially, it sounds sweet. It's even like a song. Give thyself. You'll be singing. But there is a bitterness about the word of God. That is why we always encourage you to really be led by God and to follow God from your heart. Not that later you come and tell me that if I was working at Kolibaba now, I'll be the principal medical officer in charge of community health. I don't want you to do that. Because there is a bitterness about all the things God asks you to do. But when God is giving it to you, you will notice that you just love it. That's why some of you came for the camp. But I don't know why you all came for the camp. Because we are too many for this place. Do you see? Yeah. And we have to send some people away. 
Do you see? It's the, it's, the, it's the sweetness of the word that is drawing people to come. But there is also the bitterness. If you really eat it, you will come to the bitterness of the call of God. Do you understand? Yeah. So, if you want to know something God has given you, notice the sweet ones. You notice that, oh, I seem to like it. I seem to, because most of you who are called, that's why you like coming. It's because you're, there's a call also in you. I mean, you have a call. That's why we even like to come to such a camp. A camp that we are not talking about career. We are not talking about marriage. We are not talking about prosperity. We are talking about give thyself holy. Are you listening? Yeah. So he said, eat the book. Now, the thing about um, eating is that to eat means not to observe, but to put in your mouth, chew and swallow. That's what it means to eat. Now, when you start chewing something, you are breaking it down. So you break it down and then you digest it. Digest means you absorb. So you have salivary amylase and uh, tylen, gastric juices, hydrochloric acid, pepsin, renin, and which other one? Trypsin, lipase, amylase, bowel salts, and it will be breaking it down and it gets into your blood. And when it gets into your blood, it moves through your blood, it goes to your body. If you're a woman, you have some directors to say, go to the bomb bombs. It goes to directly or go here. Or if you are, you can start directly to go here. Different places where it directs where to put it. Until it's not part of you. So when you eat something, it becomes part of you. That's why they say you are what you eat. That's why you can easily eat somebody. If the person is buried and then the tree sucks the person out into the corn and then you eat the corn, roasted corn, before you realize you are eating an important person. Or they sprinkle the person in the sea and the person is eaten by a redfish who is caught and sold to you and you fry him in your house and then... Are you listening? So, a book never benefits you and the teaching never benefits you until it is part of the brother in the, in the there must be the brother in the green there must be water here there must be water there hey you, you, you are not happy you don't want to stand up who, who is that where, where are you from where were you trained Are you excited? What advice are you giving him on the side? Are you offering him to see you aside? Or are you threatening him? You are threatening the implementer? Okay. Fire! Wow. There must be water.
Ladies, you are not exempted from this. We have no, there's no respect our persons. And there is neither male nor female in Christ. So now, I'm on the lookout because it's around 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm on the lookout. Now listen, a book or a message must become part. You see, when I'm preaching, it looks as if what I'm preaching is original. Doesn't it look like that? And it looks like it's like it's, I'm the one who is sharing the thing. Why? Because it's not because I have an original idea. No one has an original idea. Everything is something you've eaten. But eaten and has become part of it. So when you speak, it's like it's you. It's like your message. Yes. So that is why people are not benefiting from books and material. Because they don't eat them. I think that why would you be asked to eat a book? So you see that sometimes they would announce and say, sweet influence of the Holy Spirit, so everybody is going to get sweeter. But you had it long ago. You had a camp, you had it, but you are still having eaten it. The way we know that you've eaten it is when it is a part of you. And when you started to implement it, then you see that it's not as easy as it looks. That's when the bitterness comes. It's when you start to implement it. You try to be full time. Try to go on the mission. When Fortunata was going, her husband, they were going, they had problems on the way as they were going. There was no toilet there. Yeah. Only other type of, uh, yeah, no, I don't know if it's free range or I don't know, pit latrines or whatever. There's no toilet there. As she, she's going on the mission. As, as they are starting to implement, then it's like where I'm going, there's no, there's no toilet there. So her husband was keeping her here, trying to make sure he can get a toilet. But in the end, the toilet was delayed. So Charlie, come without the toilet. Let's be in it like that. Yeah. So what I'm saying, as soon as we start to implement the things, then you start to see that it's, there's some bitterness in it, but it's good for you. And eventually it will become part of your, your body and part of your life. When you speak, it will be as if you wrote a book. So it's time to start eating the things. Start taking things and tell yourself that, eh? you see like the vision that I read. I'm going to, how many would like another vision? I'm going to give you another one. As nice as this one, it's not nicer. Yeah. I'll give you another vision. Just remind me. Yeah. To me, I take these visions personally. It's, it's, I, mean, it's good. I, don't have, I, need, I don't need to have a vision to enjoy it. Can I take this vision? It's like my vision. I just, you see me talking about it. You don't know whether I'm the one who had a vision or not. Hey. It's my personal vision. Oh, Papa Higgins, take it, I take it as my teachings. Yeah. It becomes a part of me. And that's what God wants to do with you. You, ha- you have to give yourself to reading. He says, give attendance to reading. Those of you who are not readers, you have to become read- No, You have to understand what reading will do for you. Don't wait. You see, there is a large part of the church which waits to announce that, oh, we are doing Vision 527, and so we are doing this particular book. Then they go for that book. No 
have never been told to read any book because of vision 5 to 7. Yeah. Never. It's the lowest class of Christians who have to be told that we are fasting, so we are all reading this book. It's the lowest grade of Christians. <laughs> oh yes, and the church is full of a very low grade type of Christians. You, you have to be told we are all reading this, then you start reading, then I start getting texts. Oh, this book is wonderful. This book is really good. This book, and I have been smiling to myself. I said, wow. But it's because people are not eating the book to go, because you are not also doing the ministry, you don't even see the need for it. And even if you are in the ministry, you must eat it. I have eaten so many things. When I'm saying them, you think I have original things. Huh? There is, look, if you, my life uh, is the most unoriginal life. But when I say you will not believe it, most unoriginal. Because I haven't had anybody to promote me. I have had to learn and rise into the ministry. I'm a force agorica too much to be in the ministry. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, decide to become a bookman. You must always have a book you are reading. You must always have a part of the Bible you are reading. And you must always have a tape, a CD, that you are listening to at a particular time. And you must always have a DVD that you are watching at a particular time. There are four entry points. Yeah. Okay? Many are called, few are chosen. This wife, few are chosen. Because when we get here, then some people drop out. But godliness is profitable unto all things, even in this life. Reading is very profitable. Reading is very profitable. Now, when you eat the little book, and think about it, a whole angel so big, what did he come to do? Just to give a book. Hmm. Let's go on. And I took the little book, and I ate it up, and it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. And soon as, as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Verse 11. Then he said unto me, Thou must now prophesy again before people, many people, nations, tongues, and kings. Wow. Is it amazing? Is it fantastic? You see, after you've eaten the book, you must now prophesy. Prophesy is preaching. So you're now, your ministry goes into four dimensions. Dimension number one is you start to have growth. Many people. Look at it, it's there. Many people. Yeah. So the six people will become 600. And then, many nations. Nations. Look at that. I've preached in Nigeria. I've preached in Togo. I've preached in Niger, in Mali, in Senegal. Nations. Days. I've preached in Sierra Leone. I've preached in Liberia. It's because I've eaten books and I'm prophesying in all these places. Yeah. I've preached in Malaysia. I've preached in Korea. I've preached in Singapore. I've preached in Japan. Think about me from Kolebu. 
was a was a preacher in Japan. I preached in Yokohama in Japan. I preached in Korea and Seoul, different cities in Seoul. I preached in Singapore. I preached in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I preached in an island called Penang. I preached in Indonesia. All these places preached me from Kolebu. I was reading a Canadian book and preaching in nations. Hmm? Are you listening to me? Yeah. How many nations have you preached in? Don't you want to preach in nations? How many want to preach in nations? Shake your neighbor and say, I want to preach in nations. Then in tongues. That is with an interpreter. It's a great promotion to preach with an interpreter. Kadela, have you ever needed an interpreter when you are preaching? No, because there is no other language. It's only English. So when you need an interpreter, you are speaking in other tongues, apart from other nations. You now need an interpreter to preach in other tongues. And then finally, to kings. Yeah, you, 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 you start to speak to the kings. So you saw my picture on, 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 on Monday. I, said, I was standing with the kings. They are all from books. All these are books. What do you think? Fantastic? Tell somebody, book is going to change your whole life. Book. Amen. How many are going to give yourself to reading? Reading. Do you want a book to read? Will you buy a book to read? I want a gift. Both. Is this Elinam or Edinam? Elinam. Where is Edinam? Ah, she's right here. Okay. Sit down. Wow. How many books do you have? You don't have iPad? You don't have an iPad? You don't have a case, but you have an iPad. Okay. You have an iPad. Let me see your iPad. Well, the letters are too small. You can see? Olive tree. Okay. Good. Have you colored it? Come and see how mine is colored. Come. You have to color the verses. Huh? You don't color yours? Huh? Color it, otherwise you don't remember. You see? Don't you see? The, the, the part about the book and the angel is revelation. You color it. You don't know how to do it. We show you how. You press it. And it will say, select text. And you press select text. Then you move it like this. It's not moving. Mine is there's a problem with mine. I'm okay. It's stuck. Select test. Huh? And when you select the number. 
When you select the number, wow, magic. Touch the verse, highlight, remove. It's gone. All of you who don't have iPads, lay hands, lay put your hand on it. Father, I release 500 iPads in Jesus' name. And see it now. You cannot be a good Christian without an iPad these days. You got it. It's just like this. If it's not like this, it's not, it's not working. It's just like this, Abigail. Let me see. I highlighted it. Okay. Good, good. Where's your iPad? Receive it. Father, thank you for an iPad in Jesus' name. If you promise to learn scriptures, God will give you an iPad. Reading Martin Luther. How many have heard of Martin Luther? Do you know what made him famous? Martin Luther, you know, he was a Catholic priest. And he was a Catholic priest. And you know, the Catholics were not really reading the Bible much. And in those days, to be a Catholic priest, uh, come, take your thing. Fill, fill your tank. Stand here. When I do this way or that way, then you just move. Stand here. Okay. Now, Martin Luther, right? Martin Luther was a very important Catholic priest. In those days, to be saved, how do you get saved? They believe in something they call penance. Penances. You pay some money, and then you, you are saved. Or when you do certain things, or you see certain things, your salvation comes. Yeah, that's how you got saved by the Catholic at that time. So, there were certain places you need to go to. One of the places was, like when you go to Jerusalem, they'll show you some milk, and they say, this milk is the milk from the Virgin Mary's breast. And it's like, your salvation will come. So you pay, then you see the milk, the salvation come. This tooth is one of the lions in Daniel, in the lion's den. This is one of the teeth of the lion. Or, there was the steps. They, they brought some staircase from Rome. They brought a staircase from Jerusalem. It was called the Sancta Scala. It means the holy steps. And those are the steps that uh, they said uh, Pontius Pilate stood on when he was passing judgment on Jesus. So Jesus stood on the stairs and he sent, sentenced him to death and washed his hands. You see, he washed his hands like that. So the, the stairs were scattered. So if you come on the Santa Scala, you can kneel on it and walk up with your knees on the Santa Scala. And your, at each step you take, your relatives who are in purgatory will be moving towards heaven. So that is all these things they were doing for salvation. In fact, when I went to Cologne, Germany, 
I went to the big cathedral. It was the only building that was not destroyed during the Second World War. When I got to the building, at the end of the building, I saw something shiny yellow. And it was suspended over the pulpit were three golden coffins hanging with uh, chains. All the co- I've not seen, Ghana, we say we are specialists at funeral. This uh, coffin is, you have, there's none in Ghana. Golden coffin in a glass, all around the glass with light shining on it. It's the, it's the highlight of that cathedral. So when I got there, I said, what are these? Because there were coffins all along. Bishops and different people who have been buried, they are all buried in the church. If you go to Westminster Abbey in London, so many people are, are buried there, including this man, um, Darwin. <laughs> all these people who don't believe in God at all. They are all buried in there. Yeah, Westminster Abbey, they are all in there. They are, all, their bodies are all there. Well, they keep their bishops and all that. They keep them in the church. So when I go there, I said, who, who are these? He said, these are the three wise men who came to see Jesus when he was born. So these are the Three copies of the three wise men. Wow! It's like when you see these ones, your salvation suddenly comes. So Martin Luther was doing all these things, practicing them, and somehow he wasn't so happy. Are you with me? So one day they felt that this guy is going to become an orangu. He's a dangerous person. So let's send him to the Bible school to teach. So when he went to the Bible school, they gave him Ephesians and Romans to teach, to lecture on which he had not also read, although he had it. So he started reading. When he started reading, he got to Romans chapter 5 and said, we are justified by faith. Ah, justified by faith. But we have been doing all this for justification. He was surprised. I said, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. What? For we are saved by faith, by grace, not by works of righteousness, but by His grace alone. What? But we have been doing all this. So he was shocked. For two years, he ate the Bible. And after he summarized, and he came and said, when you eat, it becomes like your message. It was like Martin Luther's Bible. But it's actually the message of the Bible. And he wrote it on the, on the big paper and came and stuck it on the church door. That's what started the Reformation. Introduced democracy, so many things into the world. That's why Martin Luther is famous. Because he read a book that he had in the house already. And he read it till he was sure of it. And he read it till he had eaten it. So by reading, Martin Luther became Martin Luther. By reading a book he had already. Look at me preaching and teaching. Without having gone to Bible school, somebody gave me a book by Kenneth Hagin. And here I am. After reading that book, I was introduced to his preaching, his teaching. People who read are deeper than those who listen to messages. Yeah. Those who listen to messages are more anointed and faith-filled. But those who read are deeper and more established. And those who read the Bible are even more established. So you must become a reader. You you can't tell me there are no books in your toilet. If if you have a toilet. There There must be books in the toilet. You must develop the habit of reading in the toilet. And if you are using a pit lapin, start confessing this thing has been, this thing has gone in Jesus' name. It's no more here. I cast out the pit lapin in the name of Jesus. Or if your toilet is a very busy, like a public toilet, or you've been going, 
you've been queuing, pray about it and confess it that, Lord, I have one in my house. In Jesus' name. God is going to provide for you. You are going to have your own toilet. And, and, and you see, your toilet must be a clean place. That's why I say you must come with an improved version. You must be able to eat kenke and fish on the floor of your toilet. You put the kenke here, you put the fish here, you put the pepper on the towel, on the floor. And you take some kenke, then you wipe the, what do you call it? You wipe the shit or whatever. Then you take the fish and you put it in your mouth. That is how clean your toilet must be. That's why you can read there. Apart from the initial, uh, what do you call it, clouds that will come and then they settle. You know, I remember it was a, a, a grown-up who told me. He said, "Look, I, the toilet that I have lived there, I can eat there. Yeah, it's a place for, for reading, relaxation, and good atmosphere." So those of you whose homes are not like that, believe God for improvements. In Jesus' name. And those of you, when you go to a WC, don't hug it. Don't squat on it. Don't stand on it. It's not supposed to be for standing. The standing ones are on the floor, flat. And you stand over it like that. Are you there? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Amen. So reading, reading changed Martin Luther. Reading changed me. I, so I had a book, one of the books that have affected my life greatly is um, The Final Quest. When I was introduced to that book and I started reading it, I read a little and I put it down. And a brother called me and told me, have you read the next chapter? I said, no, when I got to the first, I stopped. He said, no, there is an angel in the second chapter. I said, wow. I went to the second chapter to find the angel. Yeah. And then one day I was going through my library in my house and I had two copies of that book for some years. I never looked at it. Yeah, I had it for eight years already. It was there. So you see, you have the book so, but you are not reading. And so you are not eating. And because you are not eating, it's not becoming a part of you. And because it's not a part of you, you cannot preach with power. To become a reader. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Give yourself to reading. Reading. Sing that verse for me. Give yourself to reading. There's one of them with reading. Give thyself. Give thyself. Give thyself to read. To meditation, give thyself to exhortation, mm. give thyself to reading and doctrine, give thyself to the word, give thyself, give thyself holy. Give thyself wholly to Him. Give thyself wholly. All right. 
closely linked to that is the very next and the last point for this session. Give thyself wholly to exhortation. Exhortation. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation and to doctrine. Now, exhortation. Blessings. Uh, you are now looking for blessings. You think the other one is not blessings. like sharing. Like you stand up and you share. So, Pastor Nelson, stand up here. You've got three people. You exhort them. Isn't it? So, all of you must know how to. That is how preaching is developed. Through exhortation. So, a brother comes, a sister comes and exhorts. So, exhortation, sit down. Exhortation Sit, sit. Exhortation is where you stand and you, you sort of pump the people with some scriptures and some one or two explanations and you go away. Exhortation doesn't take a long time. Five minutes, ten minutes. You are exhorting. And a Christian must be an exhorter. It's like, exhortation is like mini preaching. Mini preaching. Hello? Aliu? Am I okay with my sound? Exhortation is like mini sermons. Five minute talking. You see, and if you cannot exhort, what happens is that when you don't exhort, you don't remember what you learned. And when you don't exhort, so preaching is made up of a series of exhortations you've been giving over there. People who are very close to me, sometimes when I'm preaching, they know, I said this when I was in the car, I said this here, I said this in the office, I said this here. Then you see that about five things that I said have become a sermon. So, those of you who, who have friendships where you can't share the word, it's not a good friendship. It's a crepes I care. I said it's a crepes I care. Yeah. There must be good friends. There must be spirituality. There must be reading. There must be exhortation. There must be exhortation. Yeah. There, mu- there must be godliness. So, this is where you learn how to share and how to preach. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? You learn by exhorting. Okay? Now, it's not all the time that the Word of God needs one hour to be shared. No. Three minutes. Five minutes. Look, when you become a pastor and somebody is dead, and you go to the person's house, okay, 
or you go to the person's life. You don't have one hour to share. You have to exhort. One time I was with a, a very important person, you know, and I had to give him an exhortation. One time I was in, I was in a millionaire's uh, a house, and I had to just give him a quick exhortation. I had no time, because he was, he was entertaining me. I had no time for a long sermon, but I had to give him an exhortation. When there are people are dead, when there is confusion, you have to give an exhortation. It's a mini sermon. It's the beginning of many sermons. It's a section of a sermon. And you must learn, you and your friend, you exhort your friend. You exhort two people. You exhort one person. You exhort people in your life. You exhort me and I exhort you. Look, if you look at First Corinthians chapter 14, you will see what I'm talking about. Turn with me to First Corinthians. Coronto chapter 14. First Coronto. Alright, we've been here for quite some time. It's not a problem. Are you there? Yeah. Now, who is going to read for us? How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a sound when Christians meet together, we must have psalms, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done to the use of edifying. Amen. When Christians meet, they must have a psalm, a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, something new you've learned. How can you meet without having a revelation? How can you meet without having a revelation? Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, He that prophesieth speaketh to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Amen. Are you listening to me? You see, as you Come when you prophesy, there is a section of it that is for exhortation. Are you are you with me? Turn with me in the Bible to Romans.
chapter 12. Okay. For we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Okay. Now, having gifts differing, verse 6, according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Verse 8, or he that exhorted, he should also wait on his exhortation. Amen. Exhortation is encouraging many sermons. So you may not be an evangelist to be preaching for one hour or a teacher to be preaching for whatever. But for many sermons, many encouraging snippets of power revelations, of tongues, of doctrines, of ideas. The other day somebody sent me a text. It was an exhortation. He said to me, when people come to you with over-respect, you know, we have something we call over-respect. People say, oh, I didn't want to come to you because I, I thought of a lot of people. I didn't want to say because I thought this, so I don't want to talk to you. So he sent me, an ex- he sent me a, um, a text. It was an exhortation. You know, instead of talking, they'll be quiet and look a certain way. I was just like, oh, you know, in my culture, you know, you don't want to see your father, you don't talk, and those type of things, those type of people. So he sent me an exhortation. He said, Bishop, people who have this over-respect, he said, actually, they are accusers. Yeah. Because he said, they are accusing you in their minds of being an unreasonable person. That if they say anything in your presence, it will become something else. So they are actually accusers. Yeah. So it was an exhortation. I was encouraged. I said, it's true. I've always thought there's something wrong with these kind of people. But he gave me an exhortation. It's an accusation. So as you are with me, and it's like, don't open your mouth. If you say something, about will into something else. And then, before you realize, it's an accusation. But it's in his head, so he becomes quiet. Yeah. Watch out for quiet people who don't say what they are thinking. Yeah. You see, when when the the wise men came to see Jesus, eh, Herod told them, "I want to also join the worship team. I'm going to worship after you. Please, when you finish, come and tell me so that I can also go and worship." When they finished, they didn't come to him at all, and they went. They didn't say anything. They just passed through the The Bible says, and when Herod saw that he was mocked, <laughs> when Herod saw that he was mocked, do you see, he now grew wild. So the word they use is mocked. But when there are people, they don't tell you certain things. Or it's like you're just quiet about something and pass somewhere. They are mocking you. you see? And when Herod saw that he was mocked, he gave an order that he should go and kill all the children. Yeah. The person is, 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 is mocking you. 
He disrespect respect whatever, but he's mocking. So he was there saying, I've been waiting for this guy. How long would it take? He called his assistant. How long do you think he took to give them gift? I've been waiting. They went last week. He said, well, next week he'll call them. Ah, it's been three weeks since they went. He said, After some time, he realized that he had been mocked. They are very full of him. And people, through silence, and through not making any comment, and through not saying anything, they, they, they sometimes mock you. When Herod saw that he was mocked, hey, watch out for quiet people. They are mocking you in their head. Mocking you by silence. Forgive. There must be talking. There must be exhortation. There must be reading. There must be spirituality. There must be anointing. There must be exhortation. There must be mini sermons. Yeah, don't be shy of the Bible. Don't be shy of the Bible. You are ashamed of the Bible. Come on out. Take out your Bible openly. Let let us learn from those other religions. They are not shy at all. They pray openly. One time I was traveling to Dubai. And I was alone in that compartment with some young man who was using his laptop. When they were coming to serve us, with, they have some funny things that they serve on Emirates, which you can't eat. You know, this type of exotic things. And they come in around. When they brought us, I don't know what it, what it is. When you don't know, don't be shy. I don't know what, what, what you are bringing. You get it? Yeah. Anyway, so when they came around, the guy across... He there, he took out, he got up and took his mat. Small mat, rolled it on the floor. Came out of his chair. Sat down, came down, did it. Yeah, the waiter, waiter, waitress was passing by. Put his head on the ground like this. No, they, they put here on him like this. That's why I saw that he's there. I was sitting, I was just watching. He had to kill, he doesn't care about me. Whether it's first class, business class, he doesn't care. This, they don't feel shy. As you are shy of I mean, a scripture, even to share or to pray. To quote a scripture. There must be exhortations. May there be exhortations in your life in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. We finished. Wow. Are you going to share something? Are you going to become exhorters? Wow. Give yourself wholly to exhortation. Father, we are thanking you for this great opportunity we have in you to serve you, to love you, to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sit down. Take out your offering. Hallelujah. There must be offering. There must be offering. Take out an offering. There must be offering. Now, we are going to take a break. Uh, LP Lulu is going to tell you what time we are coming back. Okay? In a short time she will be on stage to tell you. 
Lift up your offering. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give an offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Once Your love is so very special, so special in every way. Stop loving you. I'll never stop loving you. 